Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Amen. Are you all ready for God's Word? been teaching a series, Kathy and I, on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And we saw that uh, when Jesus, howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you and he will lead you into all truth. We read this morning in the scripture reading in Romans chapter 8, as many as are led by the spirit, literally means point to the addition, are taken to this point to the next place, are taken to this point to the path for our life. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. God wants us to learn that in this here time frame of history that we're living in, prophets are not given to the church world to give, if you want to call it, the specific direction for our life as they pointed to the prophet, uh, to the priest, and to the king in the Old Testament. But how many know prophets, listen very carefully, can confirm things that are going on inside of your life? I don't go to a man to get the direction today. I believe we go to God, and that's the way that God's made it. The Bible says that we have a high priest seated at the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who ever lives to make intercession for us. So how many know if any man lacks wisdom, the Bible says, let him ask of God, and he give it to you, and he doesn't hold it back, amen? But he said, when you ask, ask in faith. So we want to get faith arising in this here area about being led by the Spirit, how God speaks to us today in the thing. I think it's kind of funny that the, the, the vice president of the states uh, made a statement over there about being led by the Spirit of God, and then the view goes and just goes and tears it down, and then there was so much outcry that many of the sponsors had to pull their support from the view for all the crazy stuff, come on, which is good because there's so many people that do believe, like you and I, that we can be led by the Spirit. And we're not just a rear form. That's what Jesus came. He says, when the comforter is come, he will guide you and lead you into all truth. Amen? So we're going to work with our text today, and we're going to go right in to this whole aspect of being led by the Spirit today. There's a few laws that I want to set up and, and lay the groundwork and lay the foundation for this here. How many know number one is probably there was many people here this morning that probably took anywhere from five minutes to an hour to get ready. Okay, I'm glad you did. And don't misunderstand in any way. But, but how many know just as you have to take care of your natural man, how many know you need to take care of the spiritual man? Just as if, if your natural man only ate one meal a week, how many know you, you, you look pretty scrawny over a period of time? In the same respect, what are you doing for the spiritual man? What are you doing to feed the spiritual man? What are you doing to renew your mind? What are you doing in these areas is the questions that we have to ask because you'll never be led by the Spirit if you're just going to have one meal a week. So let's get right into the text, and I'll try to break this down and keep everything on track here. The book of Proverbs chapter 20 is the text that I want to use, and I'm going to use the New King James on this here because it brings it out in a very clear way for me. Everybody say, come on, the spirit of a man, what does it do? Is the lamp of the Lord. We can actually say is the candle of the Lord. We could actually even say in our 21st century is the light bulb of the Lord, okay? Searching all the inner depths 
of the heart over here. And then Proverbs 20 in the uh, New Living Translation said, the Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. The Holy Spirit is the light bulb. And when it speaks of the light bulb of the Lord, it speaks that God will enlighten our path. God will guide our path. But the Bible teaches it's the Spirit inside of us is how we are going to be led by the Spirit. The Spirit wasn't just given to take room inside of us, just to be an occupant uh, inside of our hearts and, and just lie dormant. But the Spirit was given to bear witness with our spirit, number one, that we are the sons of God. So if the Holy Spirit can bear witness inside of, affirm to us, inside of us, that we're the sons of God, then how many know the Holy Spirit can also bear witness with us on guidance today, on direction today, in doing life together today? So we believe that, and that's what we call, we're, we're, WCF is what we call simply a spirit-filled church. I believe the book of Acts was a spirit-filled church. The key to Acts, listen to me, the whole theology of Acts can be summed up in one thing, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And manifestation after manifestation took place when men and women were filled with the Spirit. Oftentimes, people try to reason out with their own understanding to get guidance, but the Bible teaches the Spirit inside of us is how we are led. Now, what you need to understand, if they can put up Hebrews chapter 4, 12, is first and foremost, this is elementary, but for many of the new people that are coming in and those watching by last year, I feel that we need to uh, break this here down so you understand. It says the word of God, come on, is living and powerful. What else? It's sharper than any two-edged sword. What does it do? Piercing even to the division of what? Soul and spirit. So how many know there's a division of what? Soul and what else? So how many know your soul and spirit are two different things? I'll say it again. Your soul and your spirit are two different things. Okay, and of joints and marrow, which are two different things, and is a discerner of the thoughts and what else? And the in So apparently there's some thinking that goes on and some intense or intuition that goes on in the area of the heart. I believe it's safe to say that the heart and spirit are simultaneous oftentimes in the scripture, amen? And so the word of God is given to be a discerner of the thoughts and be a discerner of the intents of what's going on in the heart. So if we're gonna be led by the spirit, the number one thing is we need to understand that you are first and foremost a spirit being. Your spirit now is regenerating. Your spirit now is born of God. If they want to put up there 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 23 in the NKJ, uh, we can just put that up there because it says, now may the God, come on, of peace himself sanctify you. How? completely are entirely are holy and then he says may your come on whole spirit so so how many know we have a spirit inside and God doesn't just want a piece of the spirit how many know he wants our whole spirit God doesn't want us to have a divided spirit a divided heart he wants us to love him and he wants us to be sanctified our whole spirit and then he says our whole what soul, soul. and then what else our body it says be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 24, because this gives us all hope over here, the next verse right down. It tells us over there, he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. How many know God would start at a good work, going to finish that good work? He's going to sanctify you wholly, your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body. Now where I want to tie this in, and this is, this is huge that you have to understand this here. Your body is just a byproduct of whatever's going on up here. 
okay, or whatever's going on down here. Up here is your soul. Your soul, listen carefully, he has elements that it is comprised of. It's comprised of your thinking. It's comprised of your attitudes. It's comprised, listen very carefully, of your mental perceptions, how you perceive things mentally. It's perceived of your emotions, and it also operates by the five physical senses, what you smell, what you taste, what you hear, what you touch. Come on. All those aspects are all part of the soul. We have a responsibility to connect our soul, listen very carefully, to what God's Word says to renew our minds. When the renewed mind is connected with the body, how many know it's going to be a winner? How many know when the spirit is impacting the soulish region of your life, being led by the spirit will impact your thinking, your soulish area, then the body will become in in control. When the soul that is unrenewed is in the lead, is in the kingdom, and you're being led by that, then your body will be swayed by it, and that's what you call carnal Christianity. Now, let me just give you a carnal test. Do you fight? No, you don't have to raise your hand. Is there bickering going on in the home all the time? Is there strife going on? Is there jealousies going on? Is there contention going on? Well, you could just feel like you got to walk on pins and needles. Contention, it says, only comes because of pride. That is all manifestation of the old nature, the carnal, unrenewed nature. But the new man, there's peace. The new man is life. The new man is hope. The new man, listen very carefully, is joyful. The new man lives a totally different life. And this is where we want to zero in about being led by the Spirit. Now, as I go on and develop this, I want you to get a hold of this here. The Spirit bears witness inside of us that we are the sons of God. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 3, if they can put up there, just put up verse number 4 for time, or uh, actually verse number 1 for time's sake. We'll just have to read through it, okay? So Peter now was one of the inner circle guys. And how many know Peter had revelation knowledge, okay, that was given to him? He pop, pipes out one time, he said, thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Peter, Jesus said this about him, Peter Flesh and blood hath not revealed that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So there was revelation knowledge. In other words, so it wasn't natural knowledge that he had, but it was spiritual knowledge that came up there. So the scriptures teach us here, and, and it, it compares the natural, uh, the natural body, and it speaks about the spiritual body here. Wives, look what it says. Like, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. Wives don't like to hear that today. Okay, have the proper attitude towards you. We're going to get to men in a minute. You say, well, you're a male chauvinist because Kathy's not here. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do just reading what the Bible says, okay? It said that even if some do not obey the word, it didn't say they weren't believers. It said even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. So let me tell you what I believe that means. It's not going to be my nagging. It's not going to be your nagging that's going to bring change to anybody. It's going to be the example that we live, listen, very every day with inside of a home that their conduct is going to win them. Amen? Wigglesworth's wife, when, when her husband was totally opposed to her going to church, what did she do? She had the right attitude towards him even though he was nuts. 
And now we know him as the great Smith Wigglesworth. Come on. The miracle worker that raised 20-some people from the dead. All right? But anyway, go to verse number two. We're going to go right down. We're going to read this here. When they observe your what? Your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. In other words, the fear of God. Look what's going to happen over here. Verse number three. We're just going to keep going right down. Do not let your adornment be merely what? Outward. So how many know that means you look good? How many know after I got married, how many know I put on a few more pounds than I did before I got married? How many know I had a little more hair then than I did today? Okay, just, just some common things, okay? So he said, don't let your dormant be merely outward, but he said, arranging the hair, wearing gold, putting on what? Come on, find a pair. How many know we want you to dress nice and look good, but don't let it just be that? So he goes on to verse number four and he says this here, rather let it be what? Come on, the hidden person of the heart. Now that's your spirit, man, on the inside is what Peter is bringing out out here. With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle, and what else? And a quiet spirit. So what is it that the women of that day, what was it that impacted their marriages? What was it that impacted their husband? It wasn't, listen very carefully, the loudness it wasn't them just the muscles that they had. It was the gentle and a quiet spirit, which, and it didn't say, listen, that they didn't talk. It didn't say that they were a mat. Thank you. How many know God calls us to be gentle men in our relationships? And here he's saying, what's going to win him is a gentle and a quiet spirit. We could actually say quiet speaks about not arguing every two, two minutes which is very precious in the sight of God. There's a whole message in there, but this ain't a marriage seminar this morning, okay? So go to verse number five, but it is good wisdom for all of us. So we get to the, the women are a little bit uptight right now, so just hang in 30 more seconds, okay? Okay, yeah, I gotta submit to him. You know what he's like, you know? Hey, listen, our submission is first of all to God. And it says men and women have to submit to God. You want to be the best woman? Submit to God first and foremost. It won't be an issue to submit to your husband. Men, submit to God. It won't be an issue, uh, an issue to love your wife. Amen? For in this manner in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, that's the outward, being submissive, what? Come on, to their own husbands. Look at the example he gives in verse number six of Sarah. It said, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you, uh, uh, if you do good, and are not afraid with any terror. Go to verse number seven. Now he ties it in. Husbands, come on. Dwell with them, okay, with understanding, giving honor to the wife. Come on, church. As to the weaker vessel. You know, can I, can I just be very blunt today and just say it? The way the society paints a woman today is not the way that a woman wants to see herself. Let me just state, I, we have high statistics of men that struggle with pornography. Because okay? there's an attraction to men on that. Because how many know, man, you see it, guys? That, that does it. Come on. That's how men are turned on. That's how they go. If you don't know that, I mean, everybody in here knows that, right? But how many know women by nature are not turned on by sight? They're turned on by affection. They're turned on by care. They're turned on by words. They're turned on by tenderness. And men that connect with that, listen very carefully, have good love lives. I mean, how, how am I doing okay? 
But how many know in the natural, I'm stronger than Kathy is in the natural? Picture that with the society today with all the superheroes and all that, all the women now. That goes contrary to what the scriptures teach. Somebody's got to say it anyway, okay? The weaker vessel, but then it says, in as being here, heirs together. You're, you're a team together. There's no competition. There's no comparison out there. That's why men should be doing the, the heavier work around the house, not the woman. Well, men, they were meant to do those things. Come on. And it, and it says, but some have been, been put in roles where they got to do everything. And it says, being heirs together of the grace of life. Why? That your prayers may not be hindered. So what's the thing out there when we understand why we're here, the purpose of why we're here, and we have the right, uh, the right understanding of this here, but it said, let it be the hidden man of the heart. Let it be the one that's on the inside, and that is the spirit of the woman. That's the spirit of the man. So in Christianity, we don't do life from the carnal outside man. We do life from the inside out. And you hear me say that at every service. Can you all agree now? Okay, now that I've said that, I've laid a foundation. The Bible teaches that the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day. There's a process now going on of the inward man. Are you all there? Now, there, here we go. We're going to get started now on the message over here. And, and when we speak about the first way that we're going to be led by the Spirit, it's called the inward witness. Now, let me just state a few things on the inward witness before I go any further. How many know when you got born again, God did something, he, he, he did something on the inside of you, and your whole life after the day you got born again, when you were regenerated on the inside, how many know there was things that were going on in your life that you didn't even know were wrong, but when you got regenerated, all of a sudden you knew they were wrong? W wave your hand right now, okay? How many also knew that when you got born again, you became a child of God. How many know God's nature came inside you? And, and how many know his nature is righteousness? Righteousness is a gift that we receive, not a gift that we earned. And so his nature is there. So how many know that righteousness always now inside wants to do right things? Uh, is, is anybody getting this here? So this is very, very important that you understand it. So, so how do you know you're a child of God? How do you know that? Well, the manifestations is if you love people, if you hate people, then how many know you ain't got no love in you? And the Bible says you're just like Cain, you're just a murderer. And many believers stay, I'm just going to say it because, you know, I, I'm old enough now that people listen to some things I got to say, Okay. <laughs> The reality is you got people that hate one another every day. They hate that one. They hate this one. They hate their ex. They hate this one. They hate the job. They hate their boss. They hate this. Come on. In the Bible, I'm just going to tell you, the Bible says if you hate them, your brother, you're a murderer in your heart. He ain't got the love in you. Come on, that's why, that's why I, I can't for the life of me, I shouldn't say that, but I can't understand sometimes how Christians can be so bitter all the time. And all that comes out of their mouth is poison against people. They hurt me, they did this, they did that. And they live with these offenses and things and they just build cases inside themselves. Listen, that's, the, that's all the characteristic of an unregenerate. Those are characteristics of somebody who doesn't have God inside. 
Good for you. You know, I, I never heard a message. I never heard a message on, on things that I changed in my life. I never heard a, a, a message on it. But after I got saved, I knew what was right and I knew what was wrong. And I'm not going to develop that because Kathy did a great job on that a few weeks back about being led by the Spirit and sharing on this here. But this is what, this is what I understand where a lot of the log jams come in inside of people's lives is they don't have, listen very carefully, they don't understand this inward witness. Has anybody ever had a gut feeling about something? Come on, you had a gut feeling? I mean, where did that come from? What does it mean? It wasn't in your head. Because outwardly you can be looking at someone and it look good, but inwardly there's a gut feeling, there's, there's a check that's going on. There's like, what, what's going on? Why is this, why is this going on? I'm going to share a bunch of illustrations on this here whole subject over here. The inward knowing or the inward witness is an intuition. It is as the definition that we have up there is a direct perception of truth, a fact independent of any reasoning. Okay. In other words, in the natural, it makes no sense whatsoever. And in these illustrations that I have for you this morning, you're going to see that as we go on. Now, now I'm going to make probably the strongest statement of the whole morning. I wrote this down because I believe the Holy Spirit gave me this here when I was preparing this message. He said, one of the greatest challenges to all of us today is fighting spiritual battles with our mental abilities. And I just wrote it down. One of the greatest challenges, that's a good one to put on the social medias, okay? One of the greatest challenges to all of us today is fighting spiritual battles, come on, with our mental abilities. Now, when we speak of mental abilities, how many know we can control things pretty good ourselves? And many people come to a place with inside their life where they can't control, and then they go into abuse, Inside, because they're so manipulative, they're so controlling in that. And there's a positive control leading your family rightly, but there's a negative control when it stops all the freedom and it stops all the growth and it suppresses life and it suppresses the gift that's inside. That's negative abuse behavior. Okay, so Proverbs teaches us this here, okay? Trust, everybody say the Proverbs 3, 5. Come on. Trust in the Lord. Come on with... Okay, so can we say with all of our spirit? And then he gives you this here. He says, and do not depend on your own understanding. So where does the trust need to be? In the Lord. But where at? With all your heart. And then he said, don't depend on your own understanding. You know, I, I came out of the produce business, and I've had some great apples when I went and bought those apples. But I bit into them, and they were all brown in the middle. Because a frozen apple or a, a bad apple, you can't always see it from the outside, but on the inside, it's, it's dark sometimes. And that apple isn't good. Well, I found out that there, that God has given us the inward witness, because somebody can sound good and look good on the outside, but on the inside, you don't know what's going on in there. And sometimes there's a warning, sometimes there's a check, don't connect. The check is there, so you don't connect. Check it. Get it out. Why? So why? So you don't connect. Amen? So I'm going to go in there. So, so what I've learned over there, listen to this here one here from the Message Bible on Proverbs 3. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. 
Don't try to figure everything out on your own. This is the message. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Are you all there? Now, here's what you need to understand. So I'm going I'm to get into this now. In 1 Corinthians 14, 14, it says, when I pray in the New King James, for if I pray, come on, in a tongue, what does it say? My spirit prays. Well, how many know your spirit's not your flesh? How many know it's not your mind? But it says about your mind, but my understanding, that's your mind, is unfruitful. In other words, my mind doesn't understand what it is that the spirit is praying. When we get into speaking in tongues, I had, a, I had a precious brother come up to me afterwards and he came from a religious group and he said he was always taught the tongues was of the devil. Okay, he was always taught, and he struggles every time he hears the concept out, so he can't wait till we teach on this subject. Because he says, where I came from, it wasn't life-giving, but I know that I come to this church, it's life-giving, there's life that's going out. Okay, so it's not about the church, but it's about the spirit that's on the inside. So when you pray in tongues, your understanding can't comprehend everything that's being said, because it's not your understanding that's praying, it's your spirit man that prays. When they got baptized with the Holy Spirit, the, the Spirit gave them unction. He gave them, it started moving in their tongue, but I mean, it was coming up out of here. And so we're going to be teaching, I got about three, four weeks on why we pray in tongues. Can you say amen? Let me just tell you, there's a big difference between the ministry gift of tongues and praying for tongues on personal edification. And we're going to get into that. So, so there, here's what I've learned over these last 40, almost 43 years. Here, here's what I've learned. Oftentimes, God will give us instructions that we can't figure out with our heads. And we know that there's something on the inside in our gut that's saying, yeah, that's right. But your head will tell you, no, that ain't right. Okay, let me ask you a question. How many would go into a place, put up Genesis 26, if you will, verse number one. How many would go into a place, a city, into a country... How many would go in there and it's totally bankrupt, it's totally barren, there's no life, everything is dead. As a matter of fact, there's such a severe famine that people from all over that country are all moving out and getting out of there. How many would go park, how many would go park there? Okay, how many wouldn't go park there? Come on. How many wouldn't? Just raise your hand. I'm not, this isn't a trick. But I mean, in the natural, how many say that, that would be stupid to go over there. And see, this is the point that I'm trying to bring out as I get in to this inward witness and to this leading, okay? In Genesis 26, look at verse 1. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. That was the father. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and what city? Come on. And gear, keep going. Just, just go down a few verses. It said, then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. So how many know, listen very carefully, God came in a vision and we'll be getting into this, okay? But God appears to him and said, hey, everybody's going down to Egypt, don't go down there. He said, live in the land of which I shall tell you. Go to the next verse, if you will. Dwell in, come on. This land is racked with famine, dude. There's nothing productive in this land. God, everybody's leaving here. This has got to be the stupidest thing. You want me to stay in this land? 
And then God says, not only will I be with you, but I'm going to bless you in this land. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands as I will perform the oath which I swear to Abraham, your father. Now, I don't have time to go through that, but jump down to verse number 12 if they could put that up there for just a moment. Go to verse number 12, okay? Everybody say, come on, then. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where did he sow in? In the famine land. That's the stupidest thing to do in, 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 in the natural but it said, God told him, you stay here. And God said, I will bless you in this land. So that makes no sense to the natural. But in the inside, God's voice come out. And God spoke to him. And he said, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year. Come on, a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. See, because he obeyed the inside. He obeyed what was in the inside of him. The witness, come on, of what God had said to him. I can't tell you how many people I know, they make decisions of moving, they make decisions without praying, without seeking the Lord's guidance, come on, without any of that there, because they look 100% from the natural, and they make their decisions, and the Bible says just the opposite of that, the Bible says don't try to figure out everything on your own, but listen for God's voice in everything you do. Now, I'm going to share with you some illustrations on this to try to break it. And then Des and Kim and the team are going to come up and they're going to give you some understanding uh, 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 about this here, okay? So, so, so many, many years ago, okay, let me bring this here. In every major leading that your pastor has ever had, there has always been a challenge with the mind. Okay? An example of that. I really was praying, seeking God, doing all the things that I know to do, and, and knew that God had a wife out there for me, but I didn't know who she was. I didn't know how it's going to come. I don't know how it's all going to connect, but I'll tell you one thing. I knew in my position, I can't do this whole dating gig. Come on. I got three sons. Okay. I got a church. And I know that this ain't going to be what God, you know, this ain't going to be good for me to try this one, go out with that one. So I said, Holy Spirit, I says, I believe with everything in you, you have the right one for me. I just don't know who it is. And then I heard, call Kathy Doyle. Kathy, that's my wife. <laughs> okay. Okay, and guess what? The rest is all history. But the voice was there, but I had done everything I knew. And I just knew that I knew that I knew that I heard God say, call Kathy Doyle, and the rest is all history. But then I meet Kathy, and we start to connect a little bit, and she made me lasagna, okay? I mean, smart girl, okay? I looked at it in big brown eyes, and I was, mm. But I liked her spirit. I liked her, I liked her values. I saw she had her priorities right. I saw she was a woman of faith and had real faith. So there was all those there things. But then she's got four kids. You say, what do you mean four? There's only three. She had a foster daughter that was living with it that chose not to move to Windsor, but there was four when I fell in love with her. And in my mind, I'm saying, I got three kids. Now I'm going to have seven kids. I never had a daughter. Now I got four. I mean, come on, you know? So my mind was battling me at the beginning of it. 
Then I came to grips and I just said, you know what, God? If this is the leading for you, then if this is the leading for my life, then, then I trust you, come on, that this is right. And, and here we are all this today. I don't see a difference between the biological ones and the, the ones that weren't biological with my kids. I, I, and I say that with a clear conscience. I love all six of my kids. Come on. And I love them I, I, equally if you want to term it as such. So the witness told me what to do. And then listen very carefully. Then I'm taking over Open Bible. So I get this here call and I get it from a national leader and he says, we want to meet with you. Can, you uh, can we come down to see you in Windsor or can you come and meet us over in Niagara area? And I said, what for? They said, well, we just need to meet with you. And I said, what's it for? They said, well, we don't want to talk over the phone. We want to meet you. I said, well, listen, I'm going to be up in Guelph uh, two weeks. Just meet me up there. I'll be at this hotel. Gave them the hotel. And they, they came and met me. And so when I got in there, they came up to me and they says, um, we want you to take over Open Bible Faith Fellowship. And I said, ain't no way. I said, ain't no way. And they said, what do you mean? I said, number one, I said, it's, there's a scandal involved in this ministry. The leader had gotten off track. And I said, there's no way that I want that. And the guy said to me, he said, Rick, he says, he said, all the board members, every one of them, and they don't even know you, got your name in prayer. And I said, well, I don't care who's got my name. I mean, God knows my name. I said, it don't matter to me. I, don't, I really don't want to be in a scandal-tainted ministry. Kathy and I got a good name, and we want to keep that. And so in my head, I'm finding this. They said, well, well, would you at least pray about it? And then I made the mistake, and I said, yeah, I will. Okay, so when I say I'm going to pray about it, I don't just say I'm going to do it. I'm going to pray about it. Okay, because listen carefully. In the natural, there's no way I wanted this. had debt and everything else, and come on. And it was scandal. I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with any of that. Okay, so guess what? The 14th day, I walks in the kitchen, and Kathy said, you're supposed to take it. And I already knew that, and I was waiting for her now to affirm that. And then the Holy Spirit gave me the downloads of what he wanted to clean the whole thing up and to move the thing on. Okay, so I say all that because I got the inner witness afterwards. Now, let me just state something else that is so huge to every one of you here today. In the New Testament, we are not led by prophets. And so many Christians go to this prophet, go to that prophet, go to this one to get the direction for their life, and many end up in error and off track and out in left field and then abuse the finances, and I'm not going to get into all the developing of that right now because the Bible doesn't say as many as are led by prophets in the New Testament, they're the sons of God, but as many as are led by the Spirit, they're the sons of God, and it's your spirit, man, that God leads you. Now, here's an example so to bring this here out. Kathy is telling me for weeks, Rick, I, I feel I'm supposed to write a book, okay, on the cross. I just don't know how. I just don't have time. I, I just don't know how this is all going to come. I, I, I just don't know. I says, well, Kath, I says, I, I, you know, I can't help you in that, okay? But this is how you write them. You just put your stories in there. You put illustrations because I've already written a few. And her daddy was a writer for the Chicago Tribune. So in her DNA, she has a gift to write. I need a lot of help when I write. <laughs> You should, you should see my manuscripts. I mean, they crack you up, okay? But anyway, I put them down, and I get people to help me with them, okay? But anyway, she, she's got a natural gift, and I, I just encouraged her on that. 
So we goes out to Saskatoon. This is before the cross is ever written. And we go out to Saskatoon and Tony Miller's praying and, 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 and he calls Kathy out. We hardly knew him at that time. Calls Kathy out and said, there's a book in you to write and, and you need to put this in print. Well, so that confirmed with her what she already knew. It wasn't just giving her new direction. I've had prophets tell me that I'm supposed to be in this country. I'm supposed to be in that country. I'm going to be doing works over in this here country and all that there. And I heard everything they said, but it did not set right in here. And I'm going to tell you something. As many as are led by their spirit, I want to know in here for my life. And I want you to know on the inside, in your gut, that what you're doing is the right thing. People come to the church and they'll say, you know what, pastor? I really didn't like your preaching. You're too loud. Okay, this, I've had many people, okay? You're just too loud. You're too, but it felt good inside, and that's why we're here. And this is our church now. And then after a while, they get to like me because they like it loud, you know? Amen. But uh, you understand what I'm saying now? Des and Kim are going to act this out and watch this here. This is going to be so good on the voice of God. Dr. Valentino to the OR, please. Dr. Valentino to the OR, please. A 15-year-old lost her life today and the life she was carrying. I'm not okay with that. We're not okay with it. It's hard. It's hard. But we trust in God, right? God? Trusting God for what? What did he do? He did enough. Excuse me? Sorry. He did enough? That doesn't even make any sense. It just came out, guys. Uh, look, I'm really sorry. Are they okay? Are my babies okay? I came as fast as I could. I'm so sorry. What? What happened? Oh, God, I got to see my babies. Mrs. Matthews, come with me. Let's go somewhere quiet where we can sit and talk. What? I want to see my babies. Man, that never gets easier. Yeah, but we do have hope, right? I mean, life continues after death. What did we miss? Yeah, I but to I need to make it in this life. This? Right here. Right now. And... Unless I'm going to check out tomorrow, I just don't see your point. And then the words just came right out of my mouth. He did enough. At the time, I had no idea what I was saying. I mean, it really didn't make sense to me. Mm. But... They just said it. Mm. They were pretty upset with you, huh? They were. <laughs> no doubt. Quite upset. <sighs> but it wasn't until Sarah said... It wasn't until she said that she needed to make it in this life, right here, right now, 
word came to me. His grace is sufficient, and his power is made perfect in our weakness. So, so then what did you do? Normally I would have just probably gone about my day, but gosh, I just really had this feeling that I needed to go find her and talk to her. So I did. And it was good. It was real good. I mean, she, she said to me that when I had said it, it, that he had done enough, that those words really, really struck her heart in a big way. So God really was speaking to her through you. Yeah. You know, I had no idea she was struggling with her faith. None. Well, seeing what you guys go through day in, day out, I, I can understand. So, I mean, is she good now? Is everything okay? Yeah, she's really good. I mean, I think she just needed a reminder. And perhaps I needed one too. You know, Christ died so that we could live. Hmm. And then he rose and gave us his spirit so that we could have peace in troubled times. So that's that. Hmm. What more could he do? Hmm. He did it all. He did enough. <laughs> you know, God spoke to me today too. Really? Truer words have never been spoken. Yeah? What do you say? He said, you are a great catch. <laughs> and that, that you are a blessed, blessed woman. <sighs> and he told you to tell me that, huh? Hey, uh, I'm, don't shoot the messenger. I won't. He's too cute. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. How many are learning something today? Come on. Is, is anybody getting help today? Five people. Okay, the rest of you are still processing, okay? A couple quick stories, and I got quite a few of them, but I'll share one that I shared in the earlier service. I'm in a, a conference, and... Um, and I'm one of the speakers that's over there, one of the keynote. And so this individual comes in, and Kathy was able to come with me out on this trip in Western Canada, and she's sitting on the front row with me in this here meeting. And this guy gets up, and he starts sharing about an angel that gives him direction and different things. And as soon as we heard that, there was, there was in the gut, I felt this is wrong, but I never saw it to the degree that Kathy had. She was literally inside just trembling, just get me out of here, get me out of here. I said, Kath, calm down, we're in the front row, okay? And she said, Rick, this is, this is, this is wrong. This is, and she just thought, now I, I felt from what we're hearing, I, I felt something was wrong, but not to the same degree, okay? And so, and it, but it was, it was, it was, strong, the strongest I had ever seen her, okay? So anyway, to make, a, uh, to make a long story short, what blew us away was that the crowd, and it was a big crowd, was on the edge of their seats, ooing and on everything that was going on. And like, 
I'm sitting in this meeting and I'm like, God, what, what's going on? What's, what's, what's happening like, right? This is off. This is off. I know it in here. This is off. But everything he's saying, they're just, they're just going nuts and they're just taking it all. And I'm literally watching these, the, the crowd. I turn around, I'm looking and they're just like at the edge of their seats. And so anyway, to, to make a long story, this particular ministry hits it big. And they leave from there and then they go down to Lakeland. And WCF even had a split over it. Because they were saying, why aren't you endorsing this? And why isn't this going on? I says, because we both feel strongly that this is not God. And then the meetings start growing and expanding and, and hitting huge, influencing people from all of, And whole groups from Windsor were going on. And, and, and we held back with what we knew that we felt God had said. And then all of a sudden when it starts, and it's just going and it's going gangbusters, all of a sudden, the whole scandal comes out and everything comes down. And people from Windsor were scattered. People from all over America and Canada that came down got scattered. And there was such a disillusionment that had hit so many because they thought this was going to be the one that was going to usher in Jesus and all the things that, that happened out there. Let me just tell you, let me just tell you, God's not into the superstars today. God's into everyday people. Come on, that care about people. God's in the everyday church that God cares about. You heard me share about Open Bible, but it, it, even after I had the release, and even after I had the confirmation, even after I had it from Kathy, I still went to my overseers. And I asked the one that was over Ontario, and then the one that was over the fellowship, and I went and met them both, and said, this is when it's been proposed, this is what, and I even told them that had asked me from Open Bible that I will not take it without the blessing of these two men. Both of them gave me the blessing because the authority was also involved in it. Bibles just don't take space to the church gypsies and to the church tramps today that run from church to church to church. I just have a word from you today from God's word. It says, submit yourself to those that are over you of the Lord for they watch over your souls that they might do it with joy. Obey your spiritual leaders which are over you in the Lord. And people say, well, I don't need anybody telling me anything and this and that. I'm a man under authority, and all of us need to be under authority. Amen? It does not stop the witness of the Spirit. But I'm going to tell you what. God didn't call us to be independent, as the Scripture read. We're all connected one to another here in the body of Christ. And the truth is we need one another. Amen? Amen. But I've seen this here go on in the church world. Bible says they which be planted in the house of God will still bring forth fruit even in their old age. Let's all stand together as we break bread. How many are getting something out of this this morning? Amen? Should I go with the last one? You know, before we ever get on a plane, we always pray. And I, you heard me pray over Mitchell this morning and those going to Uganda. Okay, I always pray that nothing be added, nothing be taken from the luggage because if you do overseas travel, you'll understand a little bit about what's going on. And uh, I always pray for the flight crews. I always pray for uh, the people that we go on. I don't just take it lightly. I just always say, Holy Spirit, come on. And any work of the enemy, be off. Amen? Scattered in confusion. Well, Kathy and I were over in Detroit and ready to fly to Minnesota because I had a, 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 a conference that I had to do over there, a pastor's conference in northern Minnesota. And, and, and I'll never forget when we got on to the runway 
Kathy said, we can't, go, we, we can't get on this plane. There's problems with this plane. Can't, we can't get on this plane. I said, Kathy, please calm down. And she, I, 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 I can't get on the plane. I can't get out of the plane. I says, okay, God. Okay, okay, God. Okay. I'm speaking tonight. And she said, Rick, we can't get on this. And before God, within moments, the pilot comes, the pilot comes down the walkway. Okay, because we had a status with Delta, so we were the first ones going on. And he said, this plane ain't going nowhere. There's mechanical problems we just found. Are you following me? So I believe that these checks, these witnesses that God gives us in our guts can be life savers. Amen? There's so many more things, man. I could share stories like this for hours. Hours of warnings and hours of things. And people come to me and say, why don't you bring this speaker in? And why don't you bring that speaker in? And I said, you know what? I just, I can't tell you all my reasons why I don't do a lot of things. Can you say amen? I can't give you all the reasons out there. But I just appreciate people just praying for us and believing that we do know what we're doing and we do check things out before we just bring things in. Good preaching, amen? Now, let's just ask the Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, everybody together, Spirit of truth, I'm asking you that the inward witness, that intuition on the inside would be so stirred when I read the Word of God, when I spend time with you of direction that you would have for employment, for spouses, for my future, for kids, for kids, and all the other things that are on my plate, I'm asking you for the inward witness. Because in the scriptures, that's the main way that you lead your people. So God, speak to my gut. Encourage my gut. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, you are dismissed.